Thank you very much, Noxie, for those kind words. Indeed, today is the last Sunday of June, which is Youth Month here in South Africa. I do agree with you that the memory, the commemoration, and the celebration of the youth of 1976 will not fade away. Two weeks back, I preached a message, and I believe that we can learn from the youth of 1976. There are some values that we can extrapolate from the entire movement. I mentioned values such as resilience, sacrifice, and the fact that the youth of 1976 were very much focused. Today, I want to allude to yet another value where the youth of 1976 were facing an impossible situation, which I can call a giant. They were facing a giant and they did not run away from this giant. They faced the giant and indeed they defeated their giant. So my message for today is facing and defeating your own giant. We are going to read few verses from 1 Samuel chapter 17. This is the narrative about David and Goliath. This story is best known and loved in the entire Bible. It is also well known even in non-religious settings. It is used metaphorically to illustrate unequal parties who are facing each other. Therefore, today, the theme of my message is facing, defeating your own giant. Before I proceed, I just want to unpack the profile or the anatomy of a giant or a Goliath that you might be facing. The Goliath in your life could be a situation or a circumstance, pain, problem that looms large over you. Putting the other way, your Goliath or your giant could be an overwhelming situation in your life. This is what we find here in First Samuel chapter 17. This is the situation of the children of Israel. That is the armies of Israel. We read in verse 8. Goliath stood and shouted a doubt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called, I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight with me. Indeed, Goliath was challenging the children 
of Israel. The Israel found themselves here in an overwhelming situation. And no man was coming out to find this giant. In verse 11, we read, When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. They were terrified. They were deeply shaken. Yes, a giant or your Goliath could be terrifying and you are deeply shaken. In verse 24, we read, as soon as the Israelites army saw him, they began to run away in fright. This is the nature of a giant in our lives. We are frightened. But another element of the anatomy of your Goliath is he seems not to be going away. It appears that the situation is not abating. The situation indeed is not dissipating. It is not going away. We read in verse 16, for 40 days, every morning and evening, there is the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. Goliath, for 40 days, he was standing, he was shouting, he was challenging the children of Israel. That could be your Goliath. He is not going away. Your situation may not be going away. Maybe the first thing when you wake up in the middle of the night or in the morning, there is your giant in your mind. He is not going away. Your Goliath, your giant is not going away. Who is your giant? Maybe your giant has emotionally, spiritually, mentally, psychologically drained you. As we are speaking, you are drained. What is your giant? It could be a medical situation in your life. Maybe you were recently diagnosed with a dreadful disease. That is your giant. That is your disease. Maybe you have a family problem that is overwhelming, that is overcoming you. Maybe it is your career. You do not imagine, am I going to work to face the same staff member, to face the same colleague, maybe the same boss. It is your giant. He is, she is, it is overwhelming. Maybe it is a relational giant. You are in a very bad relationship. It is the giant. It is your Goliath. Maybe it is a financial situation. This is the giant that you are facing. But praise the name of the Lord. This morning, the word of God is going to be preached in your life. You are going to be taught how you can face and ultimately defeat your giant. The word of God is encouraging. The word of God is inspirational, but the word of God is 
instructional also you are going to be instructed today as much as David faced his situation his giant his Goliath and he defeated him you're going to be taught today you can face your giant but not only facing it or him but you will defeat your giant as well now we are going to look at David facing, defeating his giant. And we are going to look at some principles that undergird David facing, David defeating his own giant. Yes, indeed, we are going to learn from these principles, several of them that we can learn from David facing and defeating his giant. But there is one principle that is overarching the whole narrative. And this is the principle that I want to magnify this morning all the other principles are secondary to this main to this overarching principle and this is the principle is that david had a spiritual perspective of his giant or his goliath David was of the same with the other Israelites, the army of Israel in the camp. He had a spiritual perspective of his giant or the Goliath. This is what I want to encourage you with today. You might be facing a physical tangible situation but there is a spiritual perspective behind what you are facing in verse 26 this is what we read then david spoke to the men who stood by him saying what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away their reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should define the armies of the living God? David looks at Goliath and he says he is uncircumcised. The principle that I wish to highlight, to underline here is that David was very much aware as the other Israelites and the armies of Israel indeed saw. This was a physical conflict but behind that there is spirituality. David knew very well that they are circumcised. They are the covenant people. They are the children of God. And they are facing an uncircumcised giant and nation. And there is no way that they are going to be defeated by this uncircumcised Philistine. What was circumcision? It was a covenantal sign that God 
gave to Abraham to the nation of Israel. This is what happened when a boy was eight days old. They were circumcised. That was the sign to include them in the covenant, in the agreement with God, both in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament. The word covenant is very much cardinal. It is very much important. How do we define a covenant? Yes, we know a general definition is an agreement between two parties. But spiritually, a covenant is a divinely ordained relational bond between God and his people. Through a covenant, God bonded with his people. There was a relationship between God and the nation of Israel. And that was sealed by or through a covenant covenant. Why was a covenant important? It was important. It is still important today because it is an official mechanism through which God works to render his intervention in any situation affecting his own children. In other words, a covenant is a mechanism through which God works, through which God intervenes in the lives of his children. In other words, David was saying, we are a circumcised nation. We have a covenant with God. How can we be defeated by this uncircumcised giant? In other words, God, by virtue of his covenant with us, he has an obligation to intervene in our own situation. Yes, there are many covenants in the Old Testament. But today, I want to refer to you, child of God. If you are out there, you have accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord. Know very well that you have a covenantal relationship with God. God know very well that the New Testament is your portion. We read that in Hebrews 13 verse 20. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. In other words, God sent Jesus to die for us, to share his blood and God raised him up, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the cross of Jesus Christ because we have a covenant with God. God has an obligation to intervene in our situation for we are the people of the 
covenant. Thank God about the church of Jesus Christ. They are, we are the people of the covenant. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 18, and I also say to you, you are and on the rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Nothing will come against the church of Jesus Christ for we are the people of the covenant. Thank God. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down the strongholds because we are the covenant people. Our warfare is not carnal but our warfare is mighty in God. Ephesians 6 verse 12 For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That is the reason why David said when he was facing this Goliath that we are circumcised. We cannot be defeated by this uncircumcised Philistine. Yes, in verse 45, David says, he says these words to Goliath, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. In other words, you are engaged in a physical battle battle. You are huge. You have learned war from childhood. You have an armor bearer. You cannot carry your weapons on your own. You come to me like that. But my battle to you, the battle that I waste to you, it's not carnal. It's not physical. I come to you in the name of the Lord whom you have defied. Child of God, you might be facing a financial giant Goliath. You might be facing a relational, a career, a spiritual problem. But today I want to tell you that your battle is not only physical, but it is spiritual in nature. In verse 39, David, we know very well that Saul wanted to give him his armor. He wanted to give him the the clothes that he would use to face the giant. We read here, David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. Saul gave him his arsenal. He gave him his sword. He gave him his battle clothes, but these are untested by David. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them 
of um, David here says, I cannot fight in this game because I have not um, tested them. This is what I have tested. When we read in verses 34 and 37, we read these words, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. David is saying these things that you are giving me. This armor I have not tested. But this is what I have tested. When I was a shepherd boy, a lion, a bear came against my father's flock. The anointing of God came upon me and I defeated them. And David is saying these Philistine will also be defeated. I pray today, child of God, that the giant that you are facing, the Goliath that you are facing at this present moment, may God help us to realize that we are the people of the covenant. Thank God that we have the spiritual emery. We have the spiritual armor to face the Goliath the giant in our lives. A few weeks ago, I preached from Second Kings chapter 6 and I read verse 17. The prophet Elisha prays for his servant. His name is Gehazi and he says as the Syrians are waging war against them, he Praise, oh Lord, open his eyes and let them see. Let him see him. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire. May God help us. God, open my eyes. Open my spiritual eyes so that I can see. Yes, the Syrians, they are a physical army, but praise God, there is a spiritual army that is on our side. The Goliath, the giant that you see is physical, but praise the name of the Lord that we can face our giant like David uh, using our spiritual 
Amurihi. Right. Now we come to our conclusion. Now, in our conclusion, I want to refer to two complementary principles. To the principle I have already alluded to. Now, the main principle, the main thrust of what we are talking about is that behind your giant, behind your Goliath, there is spiritual battle. And we have seen what David's approach was all about. There are only two supplementary or complementary principles. The first one is save your energy in fighting the giant, not your fellow soldiers. In verse 28, we read, Now Eliab, his oldest brother, had when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. Not everyone agreed with David. His elder brother went wholesale for him. But let us look at David's response. He did not retaliate. No, at this time he was already anointed by Samuel. Now David could have simply said, to his brother, you remember when Samuel came, he overlooked you as an elder brother, but he anointed me. But David did not say that. He did not retaliate. He preserved his enemy. He did not argue with his brother. He did not want to fight his fellow soldiers. Instead he was preparing to fight the real enemy. Some of us are fighting the wrong battles. I am saying to you save your energy. Preserve your energy. Fighting Battles you are not supposed to fight will not help. You are chasing, you may be chasing things you are not supposed to chase. You are putting down fires which do not belong to you. May God help us like David, not to fight our soldiers, fellow soldiers, but to prepare to fight our giants. Ken Blanchard leads an organization called Lead Like Jesus. And he says, we cannot fight on two fronts and win. In other words, let us fight our real enemy. We cannot fight our fellow soldiers. Let the Eliabs of this world continue to talk as much as possible. I'm going to save my energy. I'm going to focus on the giant, on the Goliath before me. Giant killers are always focused. They are not confused. They know whom they are fighting. The second complementary 
principle is you have all it takes to kill your giant. Thank God that David knew he had all it takes to fight his giant, his Goliath. He was not the first one to realize that it doesn't matter the size of the giant. It matters the size of our God. We can briefly refer to Joshua and Caleb in Numbers 13, in verse 30. We know the story very well that Moses sent 12 spies to spy the land, Canaan, the promised land. We know very well that the other 12 spies came with a very negative, with a bad report. They said, indeed, the land is rich. The land is flowing with milk and honey. But we saw the giants over there, and they intimidated the people. The people were frightened. Thank God, the two giant killers, Joshua and Caleb, they said when we read in verse 30, they silenced their people, they quietened the people and told the people, let us go up at once and take possession of the land for we are well able to overcome it, child of God, we are giant killers. Let us face our giants, not only facing them, but God will help us. We will defeat our giants. Thank God that God is on our side. We know that ultimately David defeated Goliath and the entire army of the Philistines ran away. They were pursued. They were defeated. Your giant will be defeated in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter the nature, the size of your giant. He it will be defeated in Jeremiah 17 verse 7 but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence in Psalm 20 verse 7 and 8 some trust in chariots and some in horses but we will remember the name of the Lord our God they have bowed down and fallen but we have risen and stand upright we will stand we will not fall our giants our Goliaths will fall but we will stand as our enemies will fall. May God help us. May God help you today as you fight your giant, as you fight your Goliath, as you are facing him, that God is on your side. Let me pray for you today. I don't know the nature of the 
giant, the Goliath that you are facing. But close your eyes wherever you are. I want to pray a short prayer for you. The God who gave David strength to defeat his Goliath. He's on your side today. Let us pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word that was preached, that was proclaimed today. We are encouraged, O oh God. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You see my brother, my sister over there, the situation they are facing. I pray in the name of Jesus, like David, your servant, we are facing our enemy. We are facing a giant, our Goliath, in the name of Jesus. Let your name be praised. Let your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.